shotglassdigital.com. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash RFR for your free audiobook download. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks and their new Cosmic Cupcakes. To learn more, go to littledebbie.com forward slash Cosmic Cupcakes. With movies, gaming, books, comics, and collecting, a Little Debbie snack makes everything a little sweeter. Little Debbie, official snack of the galaxy. DorksideToys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit DorksideToys.com. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. Something fishy is going on, and I don't mean Carrie Fisher. I mean, something fishy is going on with Harrison Ford. I thought he was boarding a plane to come back to the United States for six months of therapy, and he's still in London. He's still in England. He is still across the pond going to hoity-toity fancy restaurants, sporting a peg leg. What's going on? Calista Flockhart's out taking touristy photos with her son. This doesn't sound like the man's got a career-ending injury. We're going to talk all about it later on here on Rebel Force Radio. You're in the right place for Star Wars news, rumors, and interviews, and so much more. And this is the episode for July 4th, 2014. That's right. For those of us in the United States, it's the 4th of July. God bless America. God bless America. Happy 4th of July from Rebel Force Radio. U.S. and A. Greatest country in the world. And with me, our own version of Uncle Sam, my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Really happy to be back here at Rebel Force Radio. You know, there is one example of fireworks in the Star Wars galaxy. I, I know you know when it was. Well, of course. yeah. Of course. Yeah. It was at the end of Return of the Jedi. Right. I always assumed that those fireworks were coming out of the back of the X-Wing as they flew by. I always thought the X-Wing were dropping them off, but I think they were just in the background. Is I think Ewoks were shooting off like firework mortars. and I think it's much I, cooler to think that the, that the X-Wings were doing yeah, it. I think it's cooler, too, to think, right, but I'm not the only one who thought that. Because it's it's timed so perfectly. It looks like the X-Wings are just dropping them off. Instead of launching photon torpedoes, they're launching oohs and ahs. Yeah, I, you, know, you know what? I don't buy that the Ewoks have the technology to do fireworks. When, when did fireworks come along? I mean, it had to be after gunpowder, right? Yes. All right. So it takes the Egyptians out. And they're yeah. kind of like the benchmark for me. You know, like Egyptians. Well, I figure that Ewoks would be, you know, kind of on par with the I'm Egyptians. Kidding. Jason, I don't think Ewoks have the technology. So, but I mean, I'm right though. That's is that the one and only example of fireworks in the Star Wars universe? Yeah, I think so. I, yeah, I think so. I think so. Oh, of course, they're heavily used in the uh, in Hobbiton in the uh, Lord of the Rings 
trilogy. They uh, in the Shire. Yeah, in the Shire. Yeah, that's a big deal. In fact, they have the. It's like a dragon that chases them. It's yes. a firework, big giant fire. The Gandalf brings the fireworks, but we don't really have a supplier like that in the Star Wars universe. Mm-mm. You know, someone that they get. Maybe the Jawas pack some fireworks somewhere. You know, I could see the Jawas uh, packing the fire. See, in Ohio, um, they're they're illegal yeah. to shoot off. They're not illegal to sell. Oh, they're not. They're not illegal to buy, but they're illegal to use. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. Yeah, because we have places like, uh, you know, off the side of the highway, these these giant warehouses full of of fireworks. And I could see the Jawas doing that. Like they, that's a that's kind of a shady business they would be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Illinois we have to go across state lines to Wisconsin or Indiana. Hmm. We cannot buy them here. But uh, that won't stop me from attempting to blow off my fingers at some point this weekend. And uh, you know, hey, everyone, just be safe and have fun and try not to be a hot dog and don't hold it. Eat hot you- dogs. Just don't be a hot dog. Right. Don't hold it after you've lit it. That's my advice to you. That's what she said. All right. We, <laughs> so happy Independence Day. Happy Fourth of July. And uh, for those of you over in uh, Great Britain, we still kicked your ass. Oh, great. <laughs> Here comes the mail. Here That'll comes go over well with the uh, Radio 1138 guys. All right. You know what? We, I think we have a sense of humor about it now, right? I and mean, it's been like 250, close to 300 years. I think that... Uh, you know, can we laugh about it yet, or is it still too soon? <laughs> no, I think we can laugh. All right. It's T-shirt time. You don't know the power of the dark side. It's the Rebel Force Radio T-shirt in dark side black. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Rebel Force Radio T-shirts available now at shotglassdigital.com. Get one now before they're gone. It is your destiny. Let's give away some shirts. What do you think about that? That's a good way to ring in the uh, Independence Day. All right, but let's, you know, let's not get over our skis. Let's give away a shirt, not some shirts, just one shirt. Just one shirt? Well, I'm so One shirt a week? No, just one shirt this week. Only because of the fact that we're restocked on all sizes of Rebel Force Radio t-shirts. And I'm so excited about that. I want to give one away. Oh, so so this is like like a grand reopening. Yes, right. We, you know, we know that you guys are all very excited about the Rebel Force Radio T-shirts. You've been buying them left and right. We've got a ton of orders in this week. I think that's in direct response to the awesome photo gallery from uh, Kyle Newman and Jamie King, as they say it loud, say it proud in their Rebel Force Radio T-shirts. You can see that gallery at shotglassdigital.com, which is also the place to go to buy your very own Rebel Force Radio t-shirt. And yes, it's true that, ladies, if you put on the Rebel Force Radio t-shirt, you will look like Jamie King. And uh, guys, you'll look like Kyle Newman. Yep, you sure will. And that is not guaranteed. (laughs) (laughs) I want my money back. I still look like me. What's up with that? I look worse. I bought this for my wife, thinking that she would look like Jamie King. But... uh... (laughs) She still looks like my wife. <laughs> no, well, I mean, you know, but it, it, you're guaranteed to kick it up a notch sporting the Rebel Force Radio t-shirt. 
oh, you'll look cool. There's no question about it. So shirts are available now at shotglassdigital.com. Just go to that website, click on the shop, and it'll take you right there. But uh, what I want to do is I want to give one away. Just to sort of celebrate July the 4th, celebrate the fact that we have a brand new fully stocked stock room and uh, we have so we have some to give away. So we're going to give one away, at least one this week, maybe two, but we'll give one away. And the way that you can win it is very simple. Each and every week when we release a new show on Friday, we post it up on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash Rebel Force Radio. All you have to do is go there, look at the post promoting this week's show, and share it. Share the post. It's very simple to do. There's a button right underneath the image that says share. Click it and let your friends in the Facebook galaxy know that you are listening to Rebel Force Radio, and they should as well. Spread the word about Rebel Force Radio. That's what I'm saying. Spread the word, share our show posts, and by doing that, you are eligible to win. And we'll be picking a winner at random next week on Rebel Force Radio. Or no, I'm sorry, in two weeks, because we're taking next week off. Summer break. Summer Summer break, break. yes. Only a week for summer break. Only one week, yeah. Yeah. Not like you school kids. (laughs) Not like you school kids who keep rubbing it in my face. Can you imagine if we just took the whole summer off and put reruns on? Or just didn't do anything, like my sons. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just don't do anything. You know what, though? Have you seen the back to school already in oh, the stores? You know, no, not yet. I've not seen yet. it. I've seen it. Target. Back, or no, excuse me, not Target. Toys R Us. I went in there looking for a pool cover for our um, hillbilly pool that we put in the backyard for the kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, go, over, go over there and... All the pool and summer stuff is on clearance, and it's jam-packed into one aisle, and they got backpacks and notebooks and pencil cases and all that stuff. You know what? I like the idea of having the back-to-school sales start on the last day of school. So that way the back-to-school sales run all summer long, and so when it pops up out of nowhere, as they traditionally would, usually these sales would start late July, early August. And that would always be a harbinger of doom. Oh, it was horrible, wasn't it? Yeah, you'd be like, that's it. It's over. My summer's over. Back to school sales. The proof is in the pudding. I'm seeing evidence that school is going to be returning. So if you start the back to school sales, the day school lets out for the summer, then you see it all summer long and you become desensitized to it. So I it see means what you're saying. nothing. It means nothing to you. Yeah. Hey, you know you're going to be going back to school sooner or later, but at least you don't have this thing popping up in the middle of your summer saying, "Hey, don't get too comfortable." No, I I, I guess you just like uh, like go to an office supply store like Office Max or Staples. That'll work. Just go there and desensitize yourself so that when you see the pencil cases and the mm-hmm. notebook paper, it doesn't send you into a tailspin of yeah. depression. It was tough. It was rough. I, I I know exactly what you're saying. And then it, it'd be, you know, like uh, like you say, like late July, early August, it was time to go buy some new clothes. New trousers. Yeah. New, yeah. Slacks. And, and yeah. And everybody had like the bright white Nikes for the first day. 
<laughs> I, I just remember, you know, the like the classic Nikes with the red swoosh, the white sh- tennis shoes with the red swoosh. Uh, I never had those. I always wanted those. I always ended up with like a New Balance or Reebok or something like that. I didn't, didn't have the Nikes. No Nikes for Jason. No, it's sad. But so you can get Star Wars kicks nowadays, though. Vans are making Star Wars shoes, and they're awesome. As a matter of fact, I saw a tweet from uh, Daisy Ridley, who is going to be starring in Star Wars Episode Seven. She had received as a gift some killer original trilogy Star Wars gym shoes, and she, you know, did a little selfie of her feet and yeah. uh, put it out there that she is a. Uh, Saying it loud and saying it proud. Well, that's cool. That's just the beginning. That's the beginning of the swag that you're going to get, sweetie. Star <laughs> Wars swag. Hey, you know what? Since we're in a giving mood, let's give away something else. Let's give away some free audiobooks. How about that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Courtesy of Audible.com. You know them. You love them. The Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment after Rebel Force Radio, of course. Um, but you, you got to check them out. They, they are... They have over 100,000 hours of audio programs, over 270 different content partners, and we're talking about the latest and greatest bestsellers, the classics, a huge archive of sci-fi books, including a good chunk of the expanded universe now known as Legends. But uh, you got to check it out. You got to see it to believe it. It's an experience that you'll never forget. You download your books. They're always available for you to re-download on your mobile device. You can stream them over the website. You can burn them to a CD. And they come in just about any format you want to satisfy whatever mobile device you happen to carry. And here's the best part. We're going to give you a free audiobook of your choosing. All you have to do is go to audiblepodcast.com slash RFR, like Rebel Force Radio. That's audiblepodcast.com slash RFR. Sign up today. Get your free audiobook. Regardless whether you choose to stay with Audible, you'll get to have that book in your library at Audible forever and ever and ever. So we thank them so much for their support. They've been with us for a long, long time. So even if you've already joined, how about a little bit of a love for Audible? They're at audible underscore com on twitter check them out promote them they're doing great things for audiobooks and we thank them so much for all their support of us here at rebel force radio i have good news for you my lord that's good news come closer i have good news star wars ankle game 2014 i got a bad feeling about this Anklegate, the the controversy, the misinformation, the speculation, the mystery just continues to evolve. The latest, Jim, it's tough because no sooner do we see rumors, uh, courtesy of Latino Review, that J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy are begging and pleading with Bob Iger at Disney for a reprieve, for a change in the release date to May the 4th, 2016, that we see photos of Harrison Ford in London at a posh restaurant hobbling around, although seemed to be getting along pretty well, considering on a something I have never seen before. I'm used to seeing, you know, people in crutches and casts and, and you know, these boots, these inflatable boots and stuff. I've never seen anything like this. They're calling it a prosthetic peg leg. And well, that's a good way to put it. Well, that's you what the headline I, says, and it's 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 some sort of a um, uh, of a frame. If you can imagine, kind of standing on one leg with your other leg uh, bent. Yeah, 
Yeah. And so your knee is resting into the in the cradle of this thing. So you're basically kind of on one knee, but it's it's being supported. It's the strangest. Have you seen one of these before? Well, I I actually have. I've seen a scooter variation of the exact same thing where you kind of scoot along with your leg bent at that 90 degree angle where your your injured ankle is just sort of hanging there off the edge and you're you're not putting any pressure on it whatsoever you you do put pressure on your knee so seeing these photos right away indicates the first thing that it indicates to me is that Harrison's entire leg is not shattered and completely encased in a plaster cast, as we have heard rumored. Indeed. Indeed. In fact, this would indicate that the first reports that we heard are true, that it was his ankle and yep. foot. Right. If you look at the photo, Jim, you'll see that his pant leg is down over whatever cast that they have. It looks like it's a soft cast, mm-hmm. and it looks like it's just protecting his ankle and foot. Yeah, my mom had a similar injury a few years ago. And, and my mom is, oddly enough, 71 years old, just like Harrison Ford is. But she, uh, she got tangled up in a, uh, like a, like a barstool-type chair in our kitchen, in her kitchen, in the house I grew up in. And uh, she wiped out. And, and did some damage to the ankle and the ligaments right there at the bottom of your leg. Also got beat up pretty bad, and she had to go through some surgery as well. And it did take her a considerable amount of time to heal from that, that uh, injury. But as I recall, she was on that. It, was just, it looked just like what Harrison's on, that peg leg sort of thing, mm. except it was a scooter. So she's on a, she's on a scooter. Yeah. With both feet. Both feet are on the scooter. No, 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 no. It, it was like one leg was on the scooter, bent at the knee, 90-degree angle. So that you're was, talking about there's wheels on this thing, or it's, it's, it's motorized? No, no, no. It wasn't motorized. Okay. When you said scooter, I'm thinking, like, motorized. Like, how would that? That's pretty hard. More like a kid's scooter that you would kneel on. Got it. With one leg. And right. then the other leg would push you around. And uh, she she got pretty good at moving around on that thing, I, I got to tell you. Well, it looks like Harrison's doing pretty well. The reports are that he denied assistance yeah, from uh, his friends. No, don't, don't, don't <laughs> keep your hands off me. Keep your hands off me, Belloc. <laughs> uh, but, but, I mean, did this... I, I'm so jazzed and excited about this for a number of reasons. One, uh, he looks great. He, he doesn't, as you say, he does not look like a man who has suffered a career ending injury and he's still there. He's still in London. Yeah. Well, that's the main thing, too, is that he's not home doing the six months of rehab that we had been told. While it is true that Calista Flockhart did fly out to be at his side, it seems like that was short lived because the Daily Mail also provides us with pictures of her touring Paris with her son, and uh, I got to say, Callista, fashion-wise, I don't know if Frumpy is really in, but uh, you, you might want to take uh, that little dress you're wearing to the ironing board or something because... Uh, I know, you know, she's very down-to-earth. She's very granola. And she, I think, you know what? I think she looks like a mom. I think she looks like a mom. I wouldn't say Frumpy. I wouldn't I go with say- Frumpy. I'm I'm saying frumpy with Callista. I mean, she used to be cutting edge fashion wise on Allie McBeal. But she's and, got a she's look at the sun. She's got like a teenage son. 
She's a mom now. Yeah. She's not. She's not dancing with CGI babies anymore. Moms can still wear mini skirts. <laughs> but 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 back to Harrison. Here, back to Harrison Ford. Yes. All right, Harrison. He is. Uh, you know. He uh, he he is hobbled for sure on this thing, yeah. but he is out and about, which is you know the images that we were conjuring up in our heads at least as recently as last week was that Harrison was in a hospital bed in California or Wyoming or wherever Harrison's living in one of his houses with a full plaster cast on his leg and it's raised and he's yeah laying. right it's on one of those pulleys yeah yeah. <laughs> And he's using bedpans and things like that. Right. But that's not the case at all. No, it doesn't seem to be the case. And here, so here's, I just want to throw this out. I'm no conspiracy theorist, but were these reports that were just honest mistakes? Was it sensationalism? Or was there perhaps misinformation being fed? We know that J.J. Abrams is a very secretive guy. I mean, look at the last Star Trek movie, Jim. It's not Khan. It's not Khan. It's not Khan. Oh, yeah, it's Khan. I mean, I'm just throwing it out there that was this, um, hey, let's have fun with the press. You know, they're going to they're gonna jump to conclusions anyway, so you might as well go with it. Uh, or is this whole thing a ruse, and he is actually taking Space Pirate to the next level, and he's getting used to walking around with a peg leg? A peg leg, eye patch. Arg. Right. You old pirate. Now, now, your theory that there could be some sort of smoke screen around the production on the whole, that could be true. Could we, are we being fed misinformation about the production of this film? That could be true as well. Because it certainly took the attention off of the photos that leaked. We haven't talked about Hog Squaddle in a while because it's <laughs> we, all been about Harrison's injury. Well, Hog Squaddle's in perfect health right now. Yeah, so. yeah. The, the, the rumors are completely untrue. I mean, all imagine, four the legs. Prosthetic, imagine the prosthetic they'd have to build for him. They'd have to tear down a, a redwood tree and use the trunk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it, it certainly has shifted the attention from what the film is uh, about, um, who else is involved. And I just wonder if they, I don't, I don't want to say that they manufactured this. That's not true. Clearly the man had an injury. Uh, clearly there was some, a, a great deal of concern, but were they, Hey, let's just, let's just go with this. Let's see what yeah, happens. Maybe a little bit, maybe because while Lucasfilm and Disney were not really quick to confirm whether or not this happened, they also were really not too quick to deny that it happened. So it was sort of like, well, whatever information has leaked has leaked. Let's let the public draw their own conclusions, see where this goes, and just let them run wild with it. And that's basically what has happened over the course of the last three weeks. That's true. And, um, you know, we, we were hearing reports that filming was shut down. We were hearing reports that there were emergency meetings at Pinewood. What are we going to do? As I said earlier, there were uh, stories just a a day before the photos of Harrison in London. uh, There were stories about Bob Iger and J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy all at odds about the release date. And a May the 4th, 2016 release date seemed imminent. Uh, And then we see the photos of Harrison and this, according to Jedi News, they have a source that is saying that, hey, the the morale on set is great 
Everyone is excited. Um, reading here, a quote, the production was effectively in shutdown last week with the majority of cast and crew on call, but not on set. The same applies to the coming week, or at least the first half of it. All the decision makers and big guns were on set and working hard to replan the full production from when talent would be needed to priorities in set build, uh, costumes and effects. All department heads attend attended and held a number of meetings in order to put into effect a plan B to work off to work around Harrison's time off. But the crew is amazingly high and in confident spirits. And whilst there has been disruption, there is no sense of panic whatsoever. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that they seem supremely confident that they are working on and achieving great things. And you would not think any setback had happened. So Jim, between the photos of Harrison between uh, uh, that and the the report here from Jedi News and something else that's kind of interesting. Kevin Smith, big Star Wars fan, of course, uh, noted film director in his own right, tweeted a photo of himself on the set of Star Wars Episode 7 with tears and a runny nose. Now, we know that Kevin, uh, having seen him at uh, Celebration 6... Uh, or was that five? I'm losing track of these. That was six. That was six. Yes. Celebration six in um, in Orlando, and he did his wonderful one man show tribute to Star Wars. Uh, Jim, he's very emotional about his love of the wars. Yeah, yeah. He he is a guy who does wear his emotions on on his sleeve, and he's not afraid to to cry. He's not afraid to cry. He's a sensitive new age guy. Nice and loves it and loves the Star Wars and so he, he has loves this. It. He loves it. So he's very excited. And what he saw on the set must have been completely earth shattering to him and and mind blowing and uh, so much so that it, it brought him to tears. And we're hearing a lot of things about the power of this script and how how it feels like Star Wars. You know that feel with the with the prequels. I think for some of us. It felt, you know, it, obviously it felt like Star Wars, especially when they, they took it to Tatooine and, and really started to dive back into that smaller used universe. But some of the aesthetic for the prequels took Star Wars fans time to acquire the taste. And some Star Wars fans never did acquire that taste. However, we're hearing that the script and the art design and the sets for this new Star Wars film is instantly Star Wars. It hits the Star Wars nerve in your system. Absolutely. In fact, uh, what Kevin said, he said, uh, quote, visited J.J. and his Ep7 set. I signed the NDA, so all I can share are this old Bantha Track subscriber's tears and snotty nose of joy. The Force is with this movie, Holy Sith. That does not sound like a guy who visited a set that is completely shut down, uh, where everyone is in panic, and the leading man is out for the next six months, and they're looking at a delay of half a year. That does Surprise. not sound like that, right? No, no it, it certainly doesn't. It, it sounds like he, he visited a very active filming environment. Um, you know, even we heard, and I, this was not published, but we had heard that there was actually signs up around the stages saying that um, that filming had been shut down. And we were never able to confirm that. I find it very hard to believe those signs were ever hanging up. But um, 
they obviously are not because, like I said, we would have heard confirmation about there's many, many companies that work within that Pinewood facility in that complex. So someone would have squealed the news. But the thing about the Kevin Smith photo and set visit that astounds me the most, Jason, is why aren't we hearing the rumors that Silent Bob is going to be in episode (laughs) 7? Because, of course, remember the fervor that a Simon Pegg set visit brought last on last week's show or a couple weeks ago, whenever we reported it. You know, all Anthony Daniels said was that he chatted with Simon Pegg on the set. That is no confirmation that Pegg is actually going to be in the film. He could have very well been there on a set visit, much like Kevin Smith was. There's a better shot that Harrison Ford's Pegg his peg leg is going to be in the movie before Simon Peg. Knock on wood. Or, or a peg leg. <laughs> Whatever's closest. Uh, right. Um, you know, that's a really good point, Jim. Because, uh, I mean, Kevin Smith is an actor as well as a, as a filmmaker. So, right. There's no, no one jumping to conclusions that his set visit implies a cameo. Mm-hmm. Um, though there are rumors, speaking of episode seven casting... There are rumors. Hey, are that, we done? Are we done with Anklegate? Oh, we we do you have. To, wait a minute. Do you have more? Do we need to close off Anklegate? I, I well, we just need to close off the segment itself officially. I, I can't sleep at night if we leave segments open ended. All right. Well, I, I can't. I can't say that this is the final word on Anklegate. But as we hear of news about Harrison Ford's. Toes, foot, and ankle, leg, whatever. We'll definitely be bringing it to you here on Rebel Force Radio. But for this week, this closes the chapter on Star Wars Ankle Gate 2014. I got a bad feeling about this. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, but uh, no, the rumors about cameos. There's a new one here. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So if you're avoiding spoilers, we'll say it again. Fast forward a couple minutes to get through this. But uh, unconfirmed spoiler that Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, 21-year-old actress, could be making an appearance in Star Wars Episode Seven as who? As a young Princess Leia via a flashback. There's a bunch of stories. You'll find them all over the web this week about potential flashbacks being incorporated into episode seven where we see younger versions of the characters now jim i'm looking at the photo and indeed uh, carrie's daughter is a very very attractive young lady and does bear an uncanny resemblance to a young carrie fisher so yeah, if you're going yeah. to do a flashback who better than uh the daughter of carrie fisher herself uh in in this case but i i want to throw this out here could it be that these flashbacks are what's going to introduce us to the younger incarnations that we would see in perhaps some of these standalone films? Mm. You know, kind of like when, uh, oh, I, what was that? Was that in, uh, uh, which Muppet movie was it where we were introduced to the, the, the Muppet babies? We're I, think have the great, I think it was uh, the, the Muppets Take Manhattan. Call Steve Glosson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. no but, but, but I mean, is that I, I think that that is a that lends some credence to this to this unconfirmed spoiler. Uh, you know, here's the first thing that pops into my head 
right away when I think of flashbacks and I think of Star Wars films. I think of the fact that there's been six Star Wars films and not a single one of them had even a hint of a flashback in it. There were flash forwards. Visions. Well, those are those are visions. That's just a way for the filmmaker to convey a sort of experience that the people on screen are going through. I hear. You. I mean, the the classic in the Wayne's World style. The there 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 are. It's not a. It's not part of the visual language of telling a Star Wars story. You're absolutely no, right. No, and 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 with with all the news that we've been hearing that JJ and the production staff they they're trying to capture the vibe and the rhythm and the flow of the original trilogy. It, I find it hard to believe that we would be seeing a flashback featuring a young Princess Leia. I just find that really, really hard to believe, but not impossible. So I start thinking more, you know, on the positive side of things, what's the best example of flashbacks being used in the history of cinema? Jason, I'll give you one guess. Indiana Jones, the opening of uh, (laughs) Last Crusade. It's you know what that's not bad that's not bad and it's an acceptable answer or the Godfather Part Two thank you that's the answer I was looking for Bruno Kirby's Clemenza incredible if there is a way oh are you kidding Bobby D's um, well uh, he's young Vito yes of course Vito Corleone I mean right. you you accepted it right away for some reason you accepted that Robert De Niro is young Marlon Brando. Young Vito Corleone. You just accept it right away. Can we get that with Star Wars? I don't know. You know, I, I don't know anything about Billy Lord um, other than the fact that she's Carrie Fisher's daughter. And especially in the eyes, you do see a resemblance to a young Carrie. Um, I think it's, it's even wild, though, that they say that she will even have her hair tied up in Princess Leia-style buns. She's an aspiring actress and singer, so she grabbed the opportunity with both hands. Carrie backed the move as she wanted somebody in her family to play her most famous role. That's the source to the Sun newspaper. And, of course, the Sun newspaper, as we mentioned on last week's show, very sensationalist journalism going on over there in the U.K. And Of course, they picked this up from Latino Review also. And, well, there you go again. Very sensationalistic and uh you know i mean these people are they they take risks in my opinion on reporting this stuff but what's incredible is that if it gets proven wrong they just come back with more (laughs) and people buy it so i mean you know you could throw anything out there if you know that the public is going to be willing to buy it and you phrase it in such a way I I per, I actually think now I, I'm with you. I'm I am with you that there is little what we would call prior art to suggest that there will be flashback scenes in Star Wars. However, this is before you know this, we've never been in a situation where they were looking to branch out. In addition to just telling a linear story, they were looking to branch out and establish like Robert De Niro did 
a younger version of the character. So uh, we know that this is going to be happening. There's rumor of a Han Solo film, a Boba Fett film, a Darth Vader film. And, uh, you know, wouldn't it be interesting to see a young Princess Leia in a in a Darth Vader film? That takes place between episodes three and four, kind of like she was in that uh, in the um, the Force Unleashed, too, where we see a young Princess Leia on Alderaan. So I, I just I, I think that it's plausible, given where the franchise is going in terms of uh, pro- obviously needing to reestablish and recast some of these iconic roles. And uh, I think that the public would be and fans would be a lot more forgiving of uh, someone like Carrie Fisher's daughter p- playing the part. Um, hey, before we move forward, though, yeah, there, is, yeah. there is a piece of substantial evidence that backs this claim up. And it comes via a tweet from a guy named Abe Gurko. And Abe is Carrie Fisher's personal assistant. And he apparently has been tweeting from the set of Star Wars Episode Seven, And he tweeted, do I have a date on this tweet? Oh, God bless it. I didn't copy the date. Now date your tweets. Oh, no, I'm sorry. June 23rd, Abe tweeted, loving my hashtag Star Wars Episode 7 girls at Carrie Fisher at Ridley Daisy. Hashtag Billy Lord. Hashtag Maisie Richardson Sellers. Mm. So what does that mean? I mean, he's revealing, he's revealing cast members. Now, we've heard Maisie Richardson Sellers' name being brought up before, prior to the big casting announcement that was made a couple months ago. But we've not heard anything about it since. Right. So there's been no confirmation about Maisie. And uh, I, you know, Jim, I think you probably pointed to uh, the, the proof. That's, I, think also, that's, I think that probably... Um, gives uh, plenty of credibility to this now we don't know about the flashback we don't know about who she's playing mm. you know she could just be a, an extra you know i mean there's there's all kinds of uh examples of various folks associated loosely and tightly with the saga being thrown in as extras dan madsen was an extra steve sansweet was an extra um uh, George Lucas's kids were extras in uh, George Lucas himself. George, Lu- that's right, George Lucas. So uh, that doesn't mean that she's playing. You know, just because Jet Lucas was in it was didn't mean he was. Well, I guess there would. You know what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> yes, I know what you're trying to say. So I, I, you know this, this whole thing with with Abe Gurko though, and and you know Jason, we met one of Carrie's assistants God years ago when we interviewed her. Yeah, I don't think he's with her anymore. No, I don't think it certainly it, was an Abe. What was his it name? It was an Abe. Oh, I can't remember his name. But um, he's a nice guy, whoever he was. But Abe, you know, he does not do that much tweeting. He's not like a tweetaholic. Mm-hmm. Tweet maybe once or twice a week. But I just, uh, I just think it's amazing that he uh, he tweeted that, that two names that are totally unconfirmed as being part of the cast. Is he outing them? Why would he mention them? Why would he call them Star Wars Episode Seven girls? Mm-hmm. And he's obviously someone who's close to the production if he is, in fact, Carrie Fisher's personal assistant. Wow. Crazy. Wow. It is. It is. But uh, I, I love this idea. In fact, I would not be uh, upset if there were uh, flashbacks. I think it's a great way to establish 
these characters before they are, are spun off into their own adventures? There's just one thing I fear. Uh-oh. You bring out Carrie Fisher's 21-year-old daughter making essentially what is going to be her big screen debut, if she's ever been in anything before, I don't know about it. And she's going to be wearing the cinnamon, cinnamon bun hairstyle. That Doesn't that just reek of parody to you? Doesn't that, don't you think that's going to elicit a laugh when she, the first time we see her on the well, screen? Okay. Absolutely it will. Absolutely. I, I don't know about that. By the way, speaking of the cinnamon buns, yeah. there is an official name for that hairdo. You yeah. and I talked about it. What was it called? Star Puffs. Star Puffs, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Courtesy of the uh, Kenner 12-inch line from the 70s. Yeah, the Star Puffs, yeah. Puffs. So, um, look, I think what we were, um, what we can assume about the Star Puffs is that that is a classic or traditional hairstyle for an Alderanian lady of Leia's age. And so... I, you know, I don't know that it would elicit necessarily a laugh. You, you know, we could see a flashback where uh, that's what all the girls are doing. It's a fashion statement. It's that's like, right. It's like, like Jackie Alder- Kennedy's pillbox hat. Or the Alderan equivalent of a belly ring. <laughs> right. Maybe. I went with Jackie Kennedy with the belly ring. I think that speaks volumes about the, <laughs> about the differences between you and me. Um Quite possibly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're you're forty going on twenty, and I'm uh, uh, thirty-seven going on seventy-seven. I think that's what's going on there. Uh, what else do we have going on? Uh, oh, now this is not a rumor. This is confirmed. We've known for a while that Andy Serkis, um, the precious, uh, and also the star of the Planet of the Apes, the new versions of the Planet of the Apes, Andy Serkis is. Uh, going to be in episode seven he was featured in the the famous table read photo but he's been making the rounds uh promoting dawn of the apes by the way have you seen that trailer jim i have and i've heard nothing but fantastic early reviews of this film so i think this is going to be a, a must-see for the summer yeah i did not see the first one did you i didn't i haven't even seen it yet. so now no. i gotta see that first gonna double down on your apes this summer uh, indeed, uh, definitely going to check that out. But uh, I mean, now now it's getting really good. I mean, the, the first one really didn't appeal to me because, uh, you know, to me, that wasn't Planet of the Apes. That's not Roddy McDowell, you know, that. But um, no Charlton Heston. Yeah, but but that's James Franco. He's no Charlton Heston. Uh, but seeing how they're now like riding horses and stuff. I mean, there's nothing better. Uh, so I, I definitely am looking forward to taking uh uh, in Planet of the Apes this this summer. So Andy Serkis' involvement is not a rumor, but the level of involvement, what type of involvement does he have? That's the question. Well, he's been making the rounds, uh, promoting Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And uh, in an interview he did with Sci-Fi Now, he talks about how his production company, which, by the way, behind the times, I guess I am, I didn't realize that Andy Serkis had his own production company that specializes in motion capture. Yeah, this is actually a, a, a new endeavor for andy um it's only a few years old he's gathered together some of the best in the business when it comes to this sort of technology and actually created his own company that's going to you know work with him and now it's called it's called imaginarium and now 
they're going to work on Star Wars Episode Seven, with which jibes with things I've been hearing about a lot of the special effects being farmed out to boutique shops, special effects shops, and uh, and other places. So Imaginarium is definitely one of those places on the roster that's going to be providing special effects for Star Wars Episode Seven. So it's not going to be all ILM, which is kind of weird to think about. That's crazy to think about. Um, but Andy says that uh, with Imaginarium involved and the performance capture, he's working on that with the Star Wars um, movies. And he says, and I'm playing a character in that. Of course, the, everyone's saying, well, does that mean he's playing a stop motion uh, or not stop motion? Um, of course, people are oh, speculating whether or not that he's going to be playing a motion capture character or, you know, just plain old Andy. Um, but uh, he went on to talk about how amazing it is to be in these films. He says, it's extraordinary. I grew up with Star Wars and was a massive fan of the original films. I never imagined a million years that I'd be engaging with this. It just come, came about so organically. And then he goes on to talk about how he and J.J. had met, and they really established a good rapport. And um, J.J. said, you know, you'd fit in this universe really well. And yeah. Andy's like, said, yeah, I think I, I think I would. So yeah, just call me Gollum Binks. Yeah. <laughs> Misa Precious. So anyway, they're working uh, really closely. He's thrilled and excited, obviously. And, um, but uh, he was also seen and heard on Conan O'Brien's show. Uh, does he still have a show, that Conan? <laughs> yes, he does. He does. Uh, yes, TBS. TBS. Okay, that's where you see him. And uh, this is uh, what he had to say uh, while he was... Promoting Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, of course, the conversation naturally switched to Star Wars. J.J. Abrams saw footage of you uh, in uh, doing uh, motion capture and was so inspired, so impressed that he cast you in the new Star Wars. That's right. Uh, now, which is very exciting. Security is so tight on that film. I don't know what it is you're doing. I don't think you're allowed to say anything. Well, actually, I'm going to spill the beans. Good. Let's go. <laughs> I'm absolutely not going to spill the beans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm really sorry. I'd love to tell you all about it, but it, we are so heavily embargoed. You know, you can't even well, you can't even go to the uh, to the washroom with the script. You know, you, you go into a room to read the script. There's CCTV cameras. You have to memorize your lines, and you get no. I'm actually making it all up. It's not as bad as that. <laughs> but um, but it, it, no, it kind of feels. You like just that. lie constantly, don't you? <laughs> and then there's, well, that doesn't happen. Well, yes, it does. Um, the uh, I, I'm, I'm, but I'm really everyone's so highly anticipating uh, no, really this Star Wars. Movie. I mean, it really is an amazing. I mean, you know, I was a massive fan of Star Wars, and 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 it's a real honor. And JJ's the most incredible director. He is, and a yeah. very very good friend, close friend of Matt Reeves, who directed Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. In fact, they 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 grew up together making movies. Ah, so there's the connection. There's the connection. But uh, no, I mean Andy Circus. I mean, how how fascinating that this guy, um, you know, obviously kind of came to prominence in uh, doing this type of role. And the, I mean, you talk about a game-changing, you know, just in the same sense that the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park just completely changed the rules of filmmaking. Uh, obviously, so did Gollum. I mean, there was just nothing seen like that before. Very true. Very and, true. And uh, obviously, Andy had a huge say in that. Andy's also been very vocal about, you know, the stop... Um, oh, gosh, I keep, well, I keep wanting to say stop motion. <laughs> uh, that's Harryhausen. We're talking about Andy Serkis. That the motion capture actors be nominated for academy awards that they yeah. should be able to be uh in the running for these major awards and um so i, I think he's absolutely right i think but that they yes. should be 
Of course he is. And you know what? This is a type of argument that can go back in Star Wars history all the way to 1980 when Frank Oz was snubbed as, uh, well, you know, it's even hard to say he was snubbed, but clearly overlooked as best supporting actor for his work in Empire Strikes Back. Now, obviously, he's a puppeteer. So where do you draw the line? Well, you know what? Frank Oz was acting in that film. There's no question about it. And so now in this day, day and age of the digital puppetry, the song remains the same. These guys are acting, you know, with their hearts and souls, but they get overlooked because they are essentially hidden behind a puppet. And uh, so, yeah, maybe that will change. Maybe that will change. But I think it's really cool that, you know, he has helped pioneer this technology. Now he has this this uh company that he's that he started and he's surrounding himself with the best and the brightest doing this type of thing and uh i think i think it's awesome and i think that it's very fun to think about star wars and how that type of as you call it jim puppetry uh could live in that universe it's somewhere in between what they did with jar jar binks and actual puppetry so um i mean a lot of what jar jar was 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 motion capture um and of course, there were some shots where it actually was Ahmed Best with uh, with the Jar Jar suit on, but um, and not not quite to the I don't think the the level of what was achieved by the time they got to the end of the the Lord of the Rings films, and that just goes to show you just how quickly technology changes. But imagine what it's going to look like now. Yeah! Wow. How far are they going to be able to push it? I mean, just look at the uh, the new Planet of the Apes film. It's uh, it's so realistic. I mean, gosh, whatever they can think of, they can do and pull off. You know, so convincingly well that I think now that the push has has really achieved more than anyone ever dreamed possible when it comes to special effects in movies. I hope now that we see. Filmmakers realize that it's been pushed so far that now it's up to them as storytellers to create compelling stories that is as compelling as the special effects that, that are being produced for these films. So, so I'm hoping that it'll help raise the bar and just the overall quality of filmmaking will just keep rising to match the technology now. As because it seems like they spent so much blood, sweat, and tears trying to get the technology to where they need it to be that I fear that sometimes, especially, and I, t- I talked about this a little last week, in the, the post-Transformers age, you know, it's a CGI film parade with Michael Bay as the Grand Marshal, and what's getting lost is the art of storytelling. And so I hope that we start to see filmmakers, screenwriters, etc., raise the bar to match the standards being set by the special effects themselves, as opposed to just relying on the special effects to tell the story for them. Well, and I think if anything, this film is, if, if the rumors are true, and it's going to see a good compromise between practical effects uh, and, you know, practical sets and, and practical characters, right, on actually being built and being made and being sculpted and, uh, you know, the computer stuff. So maybe this is going to be in the way that the prequels sort of pioneered the CGI and in incorporating that with reality. Maybe this is going to be the one film that comes along and says, here's how you get the balance just right. So we can hope. Uh, you know what? We've got uh, a few more things we want to get to, but uh, before we get on to Jimmy's 
experience at PfeifferCon. We'll tell you more about that in just a few minutes. We've got some Little Debbies to give away. Oh, I love the Little Debbies. As a matter of fact, I've been without Little Debbies lately, and it's made me rather cranky. I got to admit, I, I haven't had my normal fix of Little Debbie, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of that right away. As soon as we sign off the air tonight, I'm running out to the store to grab me some Cosmic Cupcakes. That's the only thing that can possibly cure my Little Debbie blues. But I got to have the Little Debbie. Each and every week here on Rebel Force Radio, we love to give back to you guys for listening to our show and supporting the wars. So we're, we have a Facebook Twitter promotion happening with Little Debbie. Each and every week, we want you guys to post something mentioning Cosmic Cupcakes and Rebel Force Radio on Little Debbie's official Facebook page or tweet at Little Debbie, include hashtag Rebel Force Radio, and you're eligible to win a Little Debbie Galactic Snack Pack, including those new incredible Cosmic Cupcakes, which I am jonesing for right now. I I swear, I'm going to start chewing on newspaper just to get me through the show until I can get the Cosmic Cupcakes into my system. It's a sickness, but it's a good sickness. It's because of the fact that Little Debbie, of course, is the official snack cake of Rebel Force Radio, the number one snack cake brand in America and the galaxy. So here's the time that I've been waiting for, Jason, you've been waiting for, and uh, we're going to give away that Galactic Snack Pack to loyal Rebel Force Radio listener Clay Martin. Clay Martin, who posted some some, uh, customized Little Debbie artwork to the Rebel Force Radio Facebook page. With the caption, Rebel Force Radio and Little Debbie Cosmic Cupcakes. Gotta have them every week. I hear you, Clay. I gotta have them right now. And what Clay did was he uh, used his Photoshop skills to doctor up a box of Little Debbie Cosmic Cupcakes to feature the Rebel Force Radio logo. And instead of the cream filling on the inside, it's uh, pictures of you and me, Jason. (laughs) So bite into a Little Debbie and you get... Rebel Force Radio show host. Oh, wait, what, what, what's he trying to say? I made a cream? Like some sort of cream puff? What are you, what are you some kind of cream puff or something? <laughs> so we love oh, I'm honored. I'm honored. There's worse things that could happen than being at the center of a delicious little Debbie snack cake. Absolutely. So congratulations very much, Clay. You'll be getting your Galactic Snack Pack delivered to your house very soon. And thank you, everyone, for spreading the word about the awesomeness that is Little Debbie Snack Cakes. It's unthinkable. I'll tell you what's outrageous, that we haven't had an outrageous story in so many weeks, but we've got one. This is something we just couldn't possibly leave out. But, Jim, I've got to ask you. So you're, you're, let's say you. You're walking down the street, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you look over your shoulder, and there you see a guy. Well, I assume it's a guy in full, because it's not Femme Trooper, in full trooper gear. Yes. What do you do? I pretty much hand my iPhone to the first person standing around, and I pose for photos. Exactly. You don't pull out your iPhone and call the police, right? No, I, I, not yet, at least. Not yet. Well, there were, a couple, there were a couple of rogue troopers in Santa Monica that I bumped into a couple of months ago, and they were definitely not 501st. And when I confronted them, 
about well, how, what, how did you know they weren't 501st? Because I started questioning these guys. I was suspicious of them the second I saw them. You know why? Why? Because they were taking donations from people. And everyone knows that the 501st does not accept cash donations for photo ops. They just don't do it. It's against the law. So I started asking them questions. Who are you? Where are you from? They told me they were from 20th Century Fox. And I thought that was interesting, seeing that the sale to Disney went down about a year and a half ago. So I called these guys out, and I said, you are misrepresenting the franchise. How dare you? How dare you, sir? So you're saying that these were sort of the Star Wars equivalent of the the headless Elmo that you find in Times Square or the... uh the kind of diseased looking Woody or Buzz. You know what I'm talking about. Is well, it, it, just like the, the plushies dreg- out there in Times Square. It's like the dregs who hang out in front of uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater on uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, and, yeah, same type. You know, they're dressed up as like Laurel and Hardy or Spider-Man, and they will accept cash donations for photo ops. But... We draw the line when it comes to the 501st. And you and me being honorary friends of the Legion, we have to uphold the sanctity of trooping as we know it. And these guys were charging, uh, you know, they were asking for cash donations. So I called them out on it. All right. Well, see, now that would be a case where you would want to alert the authorities. And by authorities, I mean Lucas Licensing. But in this case, this is, this is a story from um, Selena, Kansas. And police responded to reports of an armed man in the 100 block of South 7th Street. Apparently, a business owner in the area was uh, disturbed by a man dressed like a stormtrooper and carrying what uh, a veteran. Now, this this business owner was happened to be with a veteran. And of course, as a veteran, uh, God bless him. he, He knows his his blasters. He knows his guns. I don't think he knows his blasters because he, he thought that the trooper was carrying an AK-47. That's not, not the case. So the, the police show up and turns out that, yes, indeed, it was a plastic prop gun. Now, Jim, do you know the model of the typical trooper uh, firearm that they carry? The blaster? Oh, 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 oh you're... Trivia. Trivia. That's some serious yes, trivia. There's got to be some sort of a... It is. It is. I know it's called a blast tech. Blast Tech. All right. B L A S T E C H. But there's a number involved with it too. And I'm I'm a little mad at myself for not remembering it right off the uh, top of my head, but Well, we're going to find out because the trooper w- w- is a fellow named Sam. Uh what's 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 uh, Sam's last name? Yeah, we tracked him down. It's uh, Stormtrooper Sam in Kansas. We actually found the guy who was uh walking around uh you know, local uh, local people thought he was carrying an AK-47 and, and out to cause some sort of damage, mayhem, and or terrorist activity. And the uh, law enforcement was called to the scene. But we tracked him down in Kansas. His name's Stormtrooper Sam. And uh, we want to hear his side of the story. All right. Let's see if we can we can get him on the line here any minute. I think we got him. Sam? Stormtrooper Sam? Hey, how you doing? Hey, great. How are you? You're on with uh, Jason and Jimmy Mack. Hey, how you guys doing? Great. Good. For Sam, Excellent. good. So, so we, uh, we were just talking about uh, mistaken identity uh, for your, uh, your blaster. They thought it was an AK-47, and uh, apparently that caused a lot of mayhem there in the town of Salina. 
So why don't Salina. you tell us? Yeah, Salina. Salina. I'm sorry, Salina. That's so why, I should I should know this. I actually I actually spent some time at University of Kansas in Lawrence. Oh, so I should okay. know these things. I should know these things. No, it's all um, good. <laughs> but uh, w- w- what we're wondering is is why don't you tell us from your perspective, from under the bucket, what was your perspective of things as they all went down? Uh, you know, I was kind of surprised. You know, stormtroopers are so iconic. I don't know how you can you know, mistake a blaster for an AK-47, which is also a very iconic weapon. Um, so I was very surprised. But, you know, I understand, you know, the police are doing their duty and, you know, someone, someone could put a costume on to perform a crime. So I can understand why they would want to res- respond to that. And they were they were definitely very polite. But I was definitely surprised because, you know, how, how can you mistake a stormtrooper for uh, you know, someone causing trouble. What, what were you doing when law enforcement arrived on the scene? I was getting ready to film for my stormtrooper uh, Sam Vine that I have, but my friend was in a meeting, so I was waiting outside. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, wait, wait. Meeting. We gotta. For, this is for Jimmy's sake. Explain what a Vine is. <laughs> okay, so Vine is. It's actually Twitter has made a. Uh, it's an app for your phone, and you can make they're like six or seven second long videos. And mostly people do comedy videos. It's just it's just a very short video, so you have to kind of get your punchline right in there at the very beginning, uh, and it, it just kind of it loops. And so I have a, a Stormtrooper Sam. If you go on Vine, you can just download it on your your iPhone or any of your like an Android. You just search for Vine, you can download it, and then search for Storm Stormtrooper Sam, and I'm pretty much the only account that you'll find. So Stormtrooper Sam, what are these videos like? What give us an example of what you're doing in one of these videos? Uh, well, I would say, uh, like, there's a great one where uh, Stormtrooper Sam is, uh, he's trying to, he's trying to, he, his land speeder's broken down, so he needs, he needs a, a new form of transportation, so he goes and he talks to his friend, and his friend uh, gives him a bicycle, and he's trying to ride it, but because of his, his uh, you know, he can't see very well, he's very clumsy, he's, he, he crashes it. So are you adept at riding a bicycle with a Stormtrooper bucket on your head? It's, 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 like, it's like impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. The, the armor itself is clumsy, and so it really fits the, the image of a stormtrooper who, you know, they have terrible aim, they can't see anything, he, he stumbles around whenever he tries to do something. So what, what was the theme of the video that you were shooting that day in Salina? We did several. Um, we only posted one. We went to like a, there's like a local store where they sell like sports memorabilia and all like it's like it's basically like nerd store it's it's amazing (laughs) and they had a uh they had a an old pepsi r2d2 uh cooler where you you could buy pepsis you know you can grab it out of the cooler just put ice in there like in the in the top of r2's head right and so i'm leaning on it and you can't see r2d2 you just see me and i say i've been looking for the the rebel droids all day and then it switches, and you, I'm leaning on R2-D2. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right, yeah. very funny. So, like, where is the droid? Oh, he's right underneath my elbow. Very good. Yeah, and, I th- <laughs> you know, and you know it's, it's kind of reminiscent of when, you know, the whole Obi-Wan, these are not the droids you're looking for. Like, they're right there under their nose. And, you know, the time that they, they knock on the bathroom door, it's like, oh, it's locked. Let's go. You know, like, they just are really – terrible at finding the droids and i thought that's kind of a, a joke you could play on got it now your videographer he's there with you yes he is yep and what's his, his name, name is uh josh hey hey, josh. hey good good josh so you guys are hanging out there on the street then and all of a sudden the cops show up and what did they say to you first first of all did they recognize that you were to the general population of the town mm-hmm. of salina 
I think that the second they started talking to me, it was really obvious that I wasn't there causing trouble. Now, did they draw uh, their guns on you or anything? No. <laughs> no this no, wasn't like a SWAT no, team sort of thing. Yeah, fortunately, no. But they did. It was kind of interesting because you know I see one at first, and they all come from you know different directions. You know, it's not like they're all approaching from one direction. One's from on my left side. One's on the right side. Because you know, if there was a, an issue, they would they wouldn't come all from one direction. So it's kind of like. They're a little not, bit intimidating. You know, the cop wondering. cars pull up and, and they all came walking up to me and I was like, you know, a little surprised. But they were very they were very polite. They wanted to know who I was. They asked me my name and things like did that. Did they ask and you then, to take your helmet off? They did. Yeah, they, they, did? Wanted, <laughs> they wanted to see my face. Hey. Uh, they wanted to, they they picked up my blaster. They wanted to see if it was real or not. So they picked they took my blaster from <laughs> me and they wanted to look it over and make sure it wasn't a real gun. Which now, was, you didn't have to have an that. orange tip on that, right? Did they tell you to no, put an orange well, tip or even anything? Even if it was a real gun in Kansas, you know, we have open carry laws. Even if it was it had been a loaded gun, we wouldn't have been breaking any laws. Oh, right. Okay. Now, but do you have not, a license to carry that uh blaster? <laughs> I don't have a license, which is also not required, but Really? So Kansas so open carry is you don't have to have any kind of license at all. Oh, no way. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Wow, man. It's like the Wild West out there. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Dodge City is nearby. (laughs) I love it. Uh, it, Now, your videographer is Josh, right? Yes. Josh, did you keep rolling, man? So you you see the fuzz roll up and you just, you're like, just go with it. This is great stuff. Or did you, uh, did you stop shooting? I definitely would have continued shooting. However, I was actually in a meeting and on the ninth floor of the building overlooking the parking lot. So uh, I wasn't even with him when the police came. At that moment, though, I was like, man, I wish he was here right now because <laughs> yeah. this would be an amazing video. So but what he, were you doing? Were you just rehearsing? I was waiting for him. Oh, because, you're waiting. Oh. Yeah, when I put my Stormtrooper armor on, I can't do anything. I can't drive. So uh, we were we had plans to film, and he went to that meeting, so I, I could, didn't want to sit in my car. So I just stood outside and waited. And actually, some people came over and took pictures and stuff after that, too. But I was just outside waiting. Oh Are you a member gosh. of the 501st? I would like to be. I, I just got my armor on Thursday, so I haven't had a chance to join yet. Oh, what, you just, just got it on Thursday? And how many videos have you made so far? Uh, we posted eight so far, but I have about six ready to go. I, I just don't want to put them all out at once. Oh, my gosh. So when you say you got your armor, you, you, um, you didn't make it. You, you purchased it? Yeah, I purchased it from RS Prop Masters. It's a company in, in England. Oh, Oh, is that that guy? Yeah, yeah. What what's his name? Um, he's the guy who actually created the original stormtrooper costumes. Yes, for- I might butcher his name, but it's like Brian Muir, I think. Oh, Brian is selling them now. Well, he endorses it. He endorses it as being uh, an exact replica of the movie props that they used. So he's not, he doesn't make them, but he does endorse their company. Right. So it's not the guy that, that Lucasfilm tried to sue then. That's, right. that's Andrew, somebody else. Andrew Ainsworth. That's right. Guy's name. It just came back to me. Let me verify that. So I'm No, not- you're right. It is Andrew Ainsworth. Now, we interviewed Brian Muir, uh, and he was the original sculptor. Ainsworth was the guy yes. that did the, the uh, mass production. For the he shoot. did like yeah. the vacuum forming and everything. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, and Brian's done like a lot of amazing work. You know, he's done like Alien and uh, so many other different oh, movies, like yeah. James Bond stuff and everything. Yeah. So really cool stuff. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he has a book out. Um, I think called like the man who sculpted Darth Vader or something like that. It's it's really okay. really cool. Yeah, um, it is. we we've we had him on a number of a uh, few years ago now. Hey, but, if you don't mind me asking, what are they charging for one of those uh, full body armors? And yeah, it was in British pounds, but it ended up being around like twenty seven hundred dollars. 
And you got to be careful. Like I was thinking, you know, I, it's it's more of a replica. So it's it's a replica of a movie prop. So it's not like something that you can just. It's not like a super high quality thing that it's armor. It's literally just like a, a cheap plastic prop. It's, but it's 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 not meant for stealth missions. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of <laughs> like clanky PVC. It's 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 got it's a it's a hassle to put on sometimes, and it's a little fragile. But again, you're paying for the fact that you're getting up an exact replica from right. the, from the first movie. And there's no one else that can make that claim. You're paying, you're paying for Brian's name. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure. And where'd you get the blaster? Uh, the whole thing, all of it came from, from oh, that I company, see. RS prop masters, except I bought, um, you know, they have the, the comm units. I bought that separately. Now, what did, what did the police say to you? How did they leave it with you? Uh, the last thing they said mm-hmm. was, um, you know, you gotta be careful. If you keep doing this, then uh, people are going to keep calling. You're just going to see a lot of us. It's kind of almost like a threatening tone. Like if you do this, then you know you're going to be in clashes with the police all the time. But <laughs> yeah. again, I'm not really. We're not doing anything illegal. We're having a great time. We're, we're making we're making movies. So I'm, I'm going to keep doing we're it. All, we're all fine here now. Podcast, fine. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did any of the cops say anything to you about Star Wars or say, "Hey, you're a stormtrooper"? Did anybody recognize what you were doing? I. I can't remember the, the they were mainly kind of staying straight to the point of what the, like mm-hmm. getting my information then although I am impressed at the fact that today we visited a water park in the area um and there was tons of kids around young kids you know like teenagers 20 year olds and they all or to they all knew it was a stormtrooper oh yes. yeah kind of proves yeah every, everywhere you go it's like I think the police were really we're sticking to their job, uh, but everyone else we've talked to has been. Ta- we probably had 200 pictures taken of us today while we were out making more vines. Did any of the police want to pose with uh, with you for pictures? No, no, they no? didn't. <laughs> no, sadly, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, Maybe we should go down to the it, police but... department next Monday. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I think, see, if I if that would have been me, Jim, can you imagine if you and I were on the beat together and we got a we got an emergency call about a yeah. stormtrooper? We'd be like, we've been waiting all our lives for this. But I, I, asked, I asked Jim before exactly. we, we got you on, uh, yeah. I said, okay, so Jim, you, you, you spot this. What do you do? And he says, I pull out my iPhone and I go and I get a selfie uh, with the guy. But somebody pulled out their phone and instead of taking a selfie, they, they called the fuzz. And there yep. you go. Um, but all's it's well funny. that ends well. I mean, nobody was injured. You weren't roughed up or anything, right? No, no. And it's funny that the, I haven't told anyone this, but the business that called me in was a travel agency. And while I was waiting for my friend to get out, you know, for Josh to get out of his meeting, I almost, I was just kind of standing across the street. I almost went in there and asked them if they had like vacation packages to, you know, like the Death Star or like Tatooine or something. <laughs> so I almost went in there and asked them that. I was like, well, no, I'll wait. That could be a good vine to do later. But by the time that, you know. <laughs> well, we'll see what kind of a sense of humor this guy has. And he's there with a veteran. So I picture, of course, you know, a. Uh, uh, a, a wonderfully brave but aged, perhaps World War II veteran who's squinting through the the, the mini blinds of the travel agency. <laughs> That's exactly how it's that, that guy's got an AK-47. I can spot it a mile away. You know? Exactly. And I like how they're, I think on KSAL.com where the story was reported, they 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 spell stormtrooper as two words, and I think oh, that's yeah, the yeah. Nazi. Yeah. That's the Nazi version. 
That's my stormtrooper. Yeah, that's like one of my biggest pet peeves is when people do that. I'm like, no, it's one word. Yeah, I, I, fi- Nazi. <laughs> I figured your yeah. biggest pet peeve would be when people call the cops on you for carrying yeah, well. an AK-47. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to ask, um, uh, Stormtrooper Sam, are, are, you, are you married? No, I'm not. Okay. Did anybody, you know, as you, as you were telling people, hey, I'm going to buy this armor, did anybody tell you that that was not a good idea or question you or anything like that? Um, I work really hard, so there was more of a, uh, oh, do what makes you happy kind of thing. I always think of uh, Parks and Recreation. There's a character, he buys uh, himself like a Batman outfit. They say, treat yourself. And so <laughs> I kind of joked around about me being kind of like his character where I'm like treating myself to like yeah. one thing that I really needed. So most people, they probably were thinking it, but I don't know if anyone said it. I'm kind of, you know, I'm old enough that I'm, I'm independent, you know. So, so, uh, so you got this on Thursday, and when did this happen to you? On Monday. On my. <laughs> yeah. So he had it for 40. You don't even have it for a full week. Yeah. Getting busted. That, it was the first actually... time I'd worn it in public. I wore it, uh, you know, Thursday night outside. It was like nighttime, so I, no one really saw it. So the yeah. first time I really wore it out in public, it only took five or 10 minutes and. It happened. Because I could picture, I, I could picture if I went to my wife and I said, "Honey, um, you know that bonus that I got this year? I, I, I already, <laughs> I know what I'm going to do." It's like, weren't there a series of ads where the guy, you know, is is spending his money on ridiculous things? I think there was one where he bought a parrot or something. So yeah. I'm, so I'm buying trooper armor. He you know, she's going to, there you go. That's right. He's and she's going to say, uh, the Falcon. That's right. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And, uh, she's going to say, you know, no, nothing good is going to come of this. And then yeah. I would have to call her and say, I was almost arrested because I was wearing, <laughs> she's, you know, she says, of course you were almost arrested, but th- this is actually a pretty rare occurrence. I think Jim, we've been doing this show for a long time. We've never had a story like this where somebody in armor was uh, admonished by the police or had the, the you know, the cops we, were called. We've had several Darth Vader's hold up liquor stores and gas stations. Well, that's true, but that's <laughs> but not in a full, you know, uh, movie accurate costume. Uh, usually it's a guy like with a plastic mask with the rubber band in the back and trash bag, you know, cape. Uh, yeah. And I think of, you know, people like the 501st, they're known for the charity work that they do. Mm. You know, right. So it's like they kind of have like I think in general, people who dress up in the costumes have a good name for themselves. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, you, if, you, if you're going to be a member of the 501st, you don't accept tips for the photo ops. You you yeah. do them gratis and, and you do charity work. You visit hospitals. You do all kind of great things. Go to conventions. You're a yeah. rock star, but you don't accept that money. That is verboten. And yeah. uh, so so that's just a, a tip to you. If you want to be in the 501st. Don't be looking for any handouts. But I'll tell you what, Stormtrooper Sam, you sure made a big mark. Uh, your first day trooping in public in the daylight, and you're closing down businesses. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty it's funny, too. My grandfather told me uh, before I left the house, I talked to my grandfather this morning, and he said that he was ready to, to pick us up from the police station. <laughs> before This is before we got the police call, but he just knew, you know, we're always, we're always joking. I mean, we make a vine. It's a comedy. We're always joking around and doing funny stuff. And so we, as we're leaving the house, he's like, oh, I'll be ready to come pick you guys up from the police station. And then, you know, the police were called like 10 minutes later. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys are uh, the wisdom of grandpa. So where can people go to see your videos? Um, go on Vine and search for Stormtrooper Sam. Okay, easy enough. And, and Twitter, yeah. you're, you're out there, Facebook, all that yeah. stuff. 
on, on Twitter, uh, it's going to be, uh, I think it's Sam Stormtrooper. And then I have an Instagram, which is Sam underscore Stormtrooper. And I have a Snapchat that's Trooper Sam. All right. Well, so funny I, stuff. I've been watching it as we've been talking. You are, you're uh, uh, doing wacky things in public bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> the fighting one is funny. So, uh, yeah, keep yeah. the good work. Keep having fun. Stay out of trouble. Of course. <laughs> we'll try. Hey, Sam, thanks so much. And, Josh, uh, stay in touch, all right? Yes, thank you very much. Thanks, all right, man. fellas. Take care. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, I like those guys. Yeah, that's good stuff. Stormtrooper Sam and his videographer Josh. He's <laughs> just walking around, you know, Midwest America, minding his own business. And the next thing, you know, that's why when they make these blasters and stuff for kids, they're bright colors, you know, orange and white and right. everything. Because, I mean, even nowadays, that will get people nervous, probably, you know. Sure. Anything resembling a firearm will, will uh, get people nervous. But, I mean, for crying out loud, he's clearly a stormtrooper he's saying it loud saying it proud so yeah check out his videos it's funny stuff stormtrooper sam he's out there he's on the web check him out and tell him uh, you heard about him on rebel force radio and, he, and he's, he's like so innocent sounding yeah like, that's what made it so good I mean, he's just like the boy next door <laughs> in the stormtrooper outfit and he just he just got it right. you know <laughs> cherry fresh and- dude that so would have happened to us our wives would have been like you're out of your mind and yeah, but we would have been arrested we would have been arrested <laughs> he didn't get arrested he was sent on his way we w- we would have been locked oh yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> It's unthinkable. All right, before we get to Jimmy Mac's experience at PfeifferCon, I want to tell you about our good friends at Dorkside Toys. They've been a sponsor here at Rebel Force Radio for some time, and uh, we really appreciate their support, and we want you to thank them by going to shotglassdigital.com and clicking on the Dorkside banner, and like hyperspace, you'll be transported right into their store, and this is the kind of stuff you can get. The new mission series, they are in hand, in stock. They got Luke, they got Vader, Yoda, Palpatine, Grievous, Obi-Wan. They also have the 6-inch Black Series Wave 5 available for pre-order, along with Wave 5 of the 3 and 3 quarter inch Black Series uh, figures with uh, Sergeant Dolan, uh, Riyiz, Skiffguard. Is it Dualan? We talked about this last time. How do you <laughs> pronounce it? It could be said two ways. I think Doalan. I, I say Doalan, but some people could say like Dolan. Dolan. Yeah. yeah. Who who he is? He's um. Remember when Leia, disguised as Boosh, is sneaking. Body hunter named Boosh. Exactly. And she's sneaking into Jabba's palace, into the throne room, and she bumps her head into the uh, the wind chimes there. Yeah, absolutely. That's not the scene I'm talking about. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> t- <laughs> but it, it happens in the same area, okay? In that alcove there that leads into his throne room. Uh-huh. It happens when she's bringing Chewbacca in. Oh, and Chewie chucks that guy. Chewie chucks the guy. Goes, I don't know. And he, <laughs> Chewie throws <laughs> Is that Sergeant Doallen? That's Doallen. That's ah. him. And he's also I, apparently seen on one of the skiffs. But I've never made him out there. 
So he gets chucked twice in one day. That's pretty rough. It's pretty rough stuff. Well, you know, someday we're going to analyze, and I didn't bring it up when we were doing our uh, Return of the Jedi commentary, um, but how many days do we think elapsed during that Jabba's Palace sequence? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Because as a kid, I thought it was all one day. Well, it sure flows like that. Right. It's just one after another because Jabba's sitting there. He doesn't move. And it appears everyone is sort of hanging out in their same spot. And then they're napping in the middle of the day. And that always kind of threw me. Like, all right, guys, are, were they passed out? Yeah, they were passed out. Okay. That's what I You always just assume. Well, see, I was young and innocent when I saw it. <laughs> I wasn't as hardened. And- I was there, you weren't relating to it? No, like, I was. <laughs> It's like, oh, I know what's going on there. Yeah, no, not at all. I was, I, I was like, oh, they're napping. <laughs> I'm still thinking that they're napping. How it's nap time. What is it? It's not romper room. It's Jabba's drone room. Just- <laughs> so it's not like everyone pulls out their nap pads and they all lay down and take the little moves. It's nap time. Right. And there's Leia. So anyway, we'll talk about that sometime. How many days elapsed? I, I might have to pull out the novelization to see if there's any clues in there. Mm-hmm. Um, for If you have a theory, we'd love to hear it. Show at rebelforceradio.com. Um, but anyway, back to uh, Dorkside Toys. So this is uh, sort of a, this is a good, if you're a Jabba's Palace uh, sequence fan, this is a good uh, series day to get. A good wave to get. So with Sergeant Dualen Rees and the Skift Guard. By the way, if you're like Jimmy Mack and you're a loose collector and you want to save on postage, they have loose figures uh, that are available. So you want to check that out. And it, they, they plus carded. Uh, so do they have? They've got a solution for every type of collector. They also have Saga Legends and those big jumbo vintage retro figures. So uh, make sure you're shopping Star Wars at Dorkside Toys and uh, grab a brand new six inch figure from fourteen ninety nine. And the three and three quarter inch figures from two ninety nine. Those are incredible prices. Incredible prices, way below retail price. So once again, shotglassdigital.com, click on the Dorkside banner and uh, get your Star Wars toy fix done the right way. So if Star Wars Celebration is the biggest Star Wars convention on the planet, PfeifferCon might be the smallest, but Jim, no less exciting, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we had a blast this past weekend. Jason, you might remember when we had Eric Pfeiffer on Rebel Force Radio, he was our Chicago correspondent when the open casting call went down in Chicago at the Park West Theater last fall. He uh, attended that. That's and, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He called us up and gave us a full report. Well, Eric Pfeiffer, is, uh, he's a young dude who lives up in the northern suburbs of Chicago. And each and every year for the past, gosh, which one is this? 11. So he's done 11 of them, but he took last year off. So each and every year for the past 12 years, he's been throwing a big, huge party to show off his Star Wars collection. And what a collection we're talking about here. It takes over his entire house, this collection. From the moment you walk in to this huge foyer he has, it's lined with Star Wars posters. And you walk down a hallway, there's Star Wars art everywhere. He has memorabilia in cases and on shelves. And each and every room in his house has a theme. 
much like Rancho Obi-Wan, where he has a room that's an action figure room. There was a Darth Vader room. There was a room for convention memorabilia and memorabilia made out of paper. He had a paper room. I mean, Eric really. It's like the White House. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like the, like the White House. So he, um, he really goes all out, puts on a great party, and it's a private party. But I was so just overwhelmed and impressed by the layout of his house, the way he has Star He has a billboard in his backyard for Star Wars Episode One and 3D. He actually acquired a billboard that you would see on the side of an expressway. And he had it laid out on his his back lawn. Unbelievable. So it was so much fun to go to PfeifferCon. Um, and I sat down with Eric and talked to him a little bit about his collection. And also talked to someone that each and every Rebel Force Radio listener will know. When you hear this surprise guest, he is uh, known to Star Wars fans worldwide. Especially Star Wars collectors. And that's primarily because of the fact that he has one of the most famous Star Wars collections in the world. Steve Sansweet was there to join us, too, in the northern suburbs for PfeifferCon. So let's, uh, let's take you there to uh, Eric Pfeiffer's house last weekend as Rebel Force Radio invaded PfeifferCon 2014. So we're hanging out here in the northern suburbs of Chicago with Eric Pfeiffer at PfeifferCon. Eric, it's good to see you. Good to see you, too. Thanks for coming. Why don't you explain exactly what PfeifferCon is and what it's all about? PfeifferCon is my own private collection of Star Wars memorabilia, and basically, ever since I was a little kid, I've always collected Star Wars. For the last 20 years, since I was four years old, I've collected Star Wars stuff. Since you were a little kid. Yeah, yeah. So you were four years old in 1994. 1994. Oh, boy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So how did you get into it? Well, um, I had some action figures from the 70s and 80s that my uncle had when he was a kid, and uh, I was just playing with the toys, and to me, that's all they were. They were just toys. Yeah. I, I didn't know anything about Star Wars at the time, um, and my dad had come down the stairs, saw me playing with them, and said, how would you like to watch the movie that those characters are in? And I said, yeah, sure, and ever since then, I've been a Star Wars fan. Then you've been hooked, and I have a lot of friends who have large Star Wars collections. They take over rooms in the house uh maybe there's a man cave basement where a lot of great star wars memorabilia is stored but in your case your collection has taken over your entire house yeah yep. that, that's pretty impressive as a married man i could never get away with that yeah but you have <laughs> and that's what pfeiffer all about is it's an opportunity for you to show off your collection to your friends yeah, and that's that's what it's all about. You hit it right on the head. It's uh, it's about being with other Star Wars fans, sharing something that you have in common, um, you know, enjoying great Star Wars collectibles and memories and events and things like that. And I'm lucky enough that I am a single guy. I'm not married, and I and I have the ability to display the entire house. Yes, you have no idea how lucky you are, young <laughs> yes. man. By the way, Wendy is here, floating around somewhere, but obviously not in this room yes. at this time. Yes. But it wouldn't be a convention if there wasn't a Star Wars celebrity in attendance. And we Correct. have one. He's sitting here with us, Mr. Steve Sansweet from Rancho Obi-Wan. Steve, welcome to Pfeiffer Con. Thank you. Thank you. It was uh, something a long time in coming, but 
Actually, I wasn't invited to PfeifferCons 1 through 9, at least. But maybe 10, but I don't remember. But it's wonderful to be here. I'm just, I'm just kidding around. Eric and I have become good friends. He's become a great volunteer for us at Rancho Obi-Wan. Eric's folks have been to see Rancho Obi-Wan. And um, it's, um, it's actually a little scary to see Eric's collection. It's amazing, actually. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's all displayed great. But I can remember when I just started and um, <laughs> it starts with a few pieces yeah. and then ends up with a 9,000 square foot barn. So I see he's got room to put a barn out there. So, it's, yep. uh, yeah. it's a lot of land. Yeah, very nice. A lot of land. So, <laughs> but this is, a, this is a perfect house to show things off, and I think he's done a great job doing it. So it's not sloppy. It's not messy. It's not everything in boxes and crates. It's there to see and share. And, you know, and as Eric said, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's all about sharing. That's what makes it fun. If you just, you just have things and you keep it all to yourself, what's the sense? Eric, is your collecting inspired by what Steve has done with Rancho Obi-Wan? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I, uh, I remember talking to Steve the first time about going out to Rancho Obi-Wan, and I told him that he was an inspiration. And then when I was out there, I saw he's got all these separate rooms and different things, and I've done that sort of to my collection. I've got a paper room similar to what he's got out at Rancho, um, art galleries, libraries, all sorts of different things like that. Um, that he has out at Rancho Obi-Wan. And so seeing his collection and every time I come back from Rancho, it's like, all right, now what else can I put up in here, you know, in my place? So it's definitely an inspiration. Well, if it means anything to you after seeing your collection, I'm going to go home and see what I can do with my collection. I'm very cool. being inspired by what I'm seeing going on here today, which is That's why cool. Wendy isn't in the That's room. That's why Wendy's running for He's very brave when Wendy isn't in the room. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, here's a funny story. Um, Eric, in his collecting quest, was at a shopping mall here in the northern suburbs called Northbrook Court. And he was shopping in Macy's. And he approached this woman who was working in the fine jewelry section and said, Excuse me, ma'am, is there any place that I can find Star Wars for sale here? And I don't know where she directed you to go, but she said something along the lines of, Well, you would get along really well with my son. And... You said to her, well, is he a big Star Wars fan? She said, yes, he's a a very big Star Wars fan. As a matter of fact, he hosts a website and podcast. And I think the next words out of your mouth were, he isn't Jimmy Mack, is he? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it was my mom. It was your mom. It was your mom. Goodness, that is a funny story. Small small world. Yeah. yeah. My mom's been working at Macy's for, for years now. She and my dad work there. You know, they, they like to get out of the house and, uh, and, um, and, and, and work with people. And Eric think, was one of those people. I think if it hadn't been your mom, she would have said to Eric, what are you, some kind of crazy person? Star what Wars. This what is, are you, a kook? Yeah, wow. <laughs> but uh, so did she direct you to someplace in the store to find Star Wars stuff? Yeah, well, after we had talked about you for a while, we... Uh, <laughs> We went up to the kids section actually and got some little, you know, onesies and things like that. <laughs> onesies. <But laughs> See, he collects everything. Yeah. Everything. Onesies. I never even thought of collecting onesies. Somebody recently uh, suggested we sell Rebel Force Radio onesies. But I don't know. Babies aren't really our target demo. So I, Steve is looking really? puzzled. Really? Yeah. I thought they were. <laughs> I thought your, your, your demographic was six months. Six months to? To 
70, 75? 75 years old? Yes, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, you it's, need, it's to pretty expand, broad. need to expand the demographic. I'm after, I'm after Disney and Lucasfilm to make diapers, Star Wars diapers. <laughs> I've got these wonderful, wonderful diapers that I found on Etsy. This really? This lady who does embroidery, and she has this wonderful cloth Darth Vader diaper with a Velcro-attachable cape. No. With, the, with the imperial symbol on it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't find a big enough baby doll, so right now it's on a plush Incredible Hulk figure because that's the only one I could find whose derriere is big enough to put the diaper on and the cape. So, But that all works now because Disney owns it all. So They own it yeah. all, yeah. So now you got to buy diapers. I guess so. you got to keep up, man. There's someone, all kinds of stuff that since the last time you've been there. Someone in this was, uh, I remember seeing this picture online. It was around the time that the Darth Plagueis novel came out. Someone had taken a baby doll. You see your typical plastic baby doll that you see little girls playing with all the time and painted it with the Darth Maul tattoos completely from top to bottom in the Darth Maul tattoos. That sounds like something that <laughs> Kathy Von Bunigen would do. Yes, and she yes. makes she makes the most incredible. She's also from Chicago, yep. and she makes the most incredible Star Wars dolls. That she she does sculpt. In fact, she's done a Darth Maul, not a baby doll, but mm-hmm. a doll, and it's it's amazing. I mean, she's so talented. A lot of her stuff was on display at Juliet Star Wars Days a few weeks ago, and she sent me some pictures, and it looked mm-hmm. great. And you know, I keep. Saying, well, if you have any extra time, if you want to make duplicates of those, but that's that's not her thing. Yeah, she yeah. makes them. She makes them out of her love for Star Wars. Eh, you know, that's one of the things that I love about Star Wars and Star Wars collecting. And my my collection and and my collecting has really veered in the last couple of years towards fan made items, yep. art, uh, artifacts. Mm-hmm. That you know, not just the two dimensional art, but three dimensional art. I just picked up an incredible piece from a sculptor that um, Pete Filmer was working at the Art Academy of San Francisco. Now I'm thrilled that he is back at he Lucasfilm. He is back at Lucasfilm. And that working is good as news. a writer. Yes. And, um, but he, he alerted me to this sculptor, this guy named Calvin Ma. And um, he said, you know, he doesn't do a whole lot of Star Wars stuff, but he's done these two pieces, one of which he had already committed to uh-huh. but this is going to be in a show and it's a it's an r2d2 but calvin's thing is he has these almost japanese doll like uh faces in houses and in objects and i mean it's just like strange but comforting at the same time and he did an r2d2 a beautiful mm. r2d2 which i haven't gotten from the gallery yet and um, so you never know where you're going to find things and how individuals express themselves through Star Wars yes. and the different ways they express themselves. There's some beautiful art and embroidery work here from Eric's friends who are artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, that's what really grabs me now about Star Wars. Sure, there's lots of very cool manufactured stuff and the statues and the you know, $7,500 you know, Han Solos and Carbonite. Right. But it's the stuff that comes from family. I mean, one of the things that excited me most is Eric's cousin, Dan, yeah. has a shirt downstairs in his little Vader collection that he did in fourth grade. Wow. And I love it. Yes. I mean, it's incredible. And then Eric has like this like wooden artist model that somebody painted as a stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. I mean, stuff like that is... The unique what things. It's, what it's about to me. Yeah, and you, you feel the passion radiating off of 
objects like that. Yeah, now I'm I mean, afraid. You feel the love that comes with. Yeah, it. but now I'm afraid that he, you know Eric Eric is going to you know be out there sort of. Uh, yeah, I think I'll bid on that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that's something you have to worry about, though. It means the guy who is the Guinness Book of World Record holder, the world record holder for most Star Wars memorabilia. People are obviously going to take. Maybe I'm not. How am I trying to to put this? They want to compete with you. You inspire competition when that, it comes to collecting. That, that doesn't bother me at all. There's no? plenty. There's plenty for everybody, mm-hmm. and um, I just. It, you know, it's uh, the more the more people, the better. Well, for the Walt Disney Company, anyway. Um, but it, you know, if there's if there are people out there who are willing to buy, you know, artwork and and three D pieces mm-hmm. and embroidery work, I mean, that's that's great because that's the artist expressing their love for Star Wars through their skill and their talent. I mean, it's like you know, it's what turned me on to fan made pieces was a, a Bantha pinata at a two thousand four Mexico City convention. And, you know, and I, I talked to the guy and said, you know, I'd love to buy that. And he said, I, I really don't know how much I charge you for it. And I thought, oh, this, here comes the hammer. And he said, it only cost me $4 in supplies. Wow. And I said, yeah, but it's your skill and your artistry and everything else. And uh, how about 100 bucks? And he said, his wife said, take it, take it. <laughs> take it and run. That's amazing. So do you feel like um, maybe someday, Eric, you want to have a museum of your own? That you can Boy, say, he does now. <laughs> well, this is true. This is true. But something that might be competitive with the world's largest collection. I mean, I think eventually I want to have something like Steve has. And right now, this is my collection is in a place where I live, and this is my house. And you know, I've got Siberian Huskies that I have to block off from going into all the rooms and. They don't get to go downstairs. They don't get to go upstairs. They can just be in certain sections of the room. And I think if I can, you know, send my collection somewhere else and just have that be my collection yep. area and then live in a house and, you know, but um, to have something big just for Star Wars collection, that would, that would be great eventually. When 37 years you have been collecting <laughs> as much stuff, you will have too. Yeah. This is true. And so we're, here we are in the Chicago area. It was just recently... Revealed, announced that the George Lucas Museum of Narrative Arts is going to be located downtown Chicago, right on the lakefront in the museum campus. What if George approached you and said, Steve, I got this museum. I need to fill it up with a wing of Star Wars memorabilia. Would you consider moving the museum into this wing to be a part of the Lucas Museum? Uh, that's a very hypothetical question. Extremely that, uh, hypothetical. That uh, I know would never be asked, uh, but uh, a, a hypothetical answer would be I, I sure as heck would give it serious consideration. Yeah, how about um, it? I think George's museum is, is a gift to people everywhere. It's not a Star Wars museum. George has, has been collecting narrative art for, you know, for a long time. And, you know, it ranges from... Um, you know, from magazine cover art to comic art to everything that tells a story. And that's inspired George, the, you know, the, the covers of the Saturday Evening Post. And he would look at the Norman Rockwell paintings and they would tell stories. And then he would, you know, yeah. go back and look at some of the older ones. And that gave him his love of storytelling and as to comics and mm-hmm. other pop culture. 
And so to see that he's now giving back and, and putting him in a museum, I'm very sad it's not going to be in the San Francisco area, but I will uh, certainly be out to visit the uh, the George Lucas Museum of Narrative Arts when it opens. I think it's a, a fantastic location, and Chicago is uh, is a great tourist town, and there are lots of things to do here, so I think it's going to work out really well. As George said, he was... He was sorry he couldn't do it in the place where he lived and worked and grew up, but um, it was the best thing for the museum, and I agree. Yeah, it seemed like a political minefield having to deal with building it in San Francisco. So uh, Chicago welcomed him with open arms, and we will reap the uh, rewards. But, I mean, obviously it being in a central location is going to be something that will benefit anyone. Yes, yeah. I agree. And Eric's applying for a job as curator. I think we all are. Or, I think stand in line, pal. Or trash man, or whatever, <laughs> whatever. whatever job, whatever job there is there. I'll clean the toilets. <laughs> that's where you want to start. <laughs> he'll have like a, a, a like the, that bristle brush you use, but he'll have a lightsaber hilt exactly. handle. Exactly. And he'll be in there scrubbing away. But the reason I bring that up to you, Steve, is is I know George is, is aware of the fact that you have been collecting. For so long, I re- recall a, a TV Guide interview with him from years ago where he had mentioned that there was a, he said, there's an employee of mine who actually owns more Star Wars memorabilia throughout history than I have. And he, he, there seemed to be, a, a, and I'm paraphrasing what he said, of course, but there seemed to be a level of pride in that for him, knowing that someone on his payroll had I that think collection. I, I think I personally funded uh, half of the prequels, yes. Uh, <laughs> no. no, yeah, and, and yeah, that was amazing to, to see that. And George has been aware of the collection, and uh, hopefully when things are a little less busy uh, than they are now. We, we weren't ready for George to come over. We now are. Things are in really good shape. Yeah. We have finished... You know, almost two years of construction and gotten all the mess out. The place is looking good. So, you know, hopefully sometime in the not-too-distant future, George will uh, will pay us a visit He's and see what to. Rancho yeah. is all about. He's got to. He's got to. I, I noticed when he walked the floor of uh, the last Star Wars celebration, um, there was there was kind of like this bright-eyed sort of look where he was interested to see everything that's out there. And, you know, a lot of people think that he... He, he kind of distanced himself from that sort of thing. But I think he gets off on it. And I think he has a, he has a pretty decent-sized collection of his own. I know that they keep a marketing archive, at, uh, at least they have in the past, at uh, Lucasfilm. Uh, but I don't think it's anywhere near as complete as what you have at Rancho Obi-Wan. No, I mean, there's a posterity collection that you're supposed to get one of every item ever yes. produced and... <laughs> no, he doesn't. Sorry. Have, where's he going to keep it? Sorry, all? sorry, George. It, it, it didn't work out that way. <laughs> but what he definitely doesn't have is the fan made stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, you know the the real personal one of a kind. I mean, stuff. there uh, things have been sent to him over the years, but then you know, you know, I would get I would get calls from his office because. The corporation was charging the office of the chairman more money for storage space, mm-hmm. and so they were going to get rid of things. Wanted to know if I wanted them, <laughs> and they were mostly fan creations. Yeah, I'm sure this didn't go up to George. He didn't know anything about it, but I gratefully accepted things mm-hmm. like that. And they are on display at Rancho Obi Wan now, and they're some of my most treasured pieces. The, you know, the I remember the vintage fan art that people sent to the early Bantha tracks and. 
Um, and Mary Franklin put that all on display at Celebration 4. That was some of the coolest stuff to see. Yeah, yeah. And you saved it from the dumpster, so. And I saved lots of things from the, the dumpster diving. Yeah, I, I, I learned from the best. <laughs> so, Eric, now it's your turn to dumpster dive. Yeah, toilets, trash bins, whatever. <laughs> It's wide open for you. Well, it's it's such a pleasure to have you here in the Chicago area with us for PfeifferCon 11. Well, I'm thrilled to be at PfeifferCon 11, and I thank Eric Pfeiffer, or Pfeffer as the case yes. may be. I sort of got that wrong in my, my video for PfeifferCon 10. <laughs> PfeifferCon. But, but I finally got it right, so it's Pfeiffer. I'm, Pfeiffer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so in uh, Fife's? Do people call you Fife's? Yeah. yeah. That was a, was a high school thing. Sure, yeah. 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 I, I had a friend named Pfeiffer in high school. We call him Fife's. Yeah. So, But uh, thank you for having us over to your house. It's an amazing collection. I wish we could share this with more people. Chris Spice is here from Sand Troopers. Did you, are you putting together a photo gallery from this event? All done? All done. So, you are a fast worker, well, man. Before you get home. Be- <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, uh, people should go check out sandtroopers.com for a, a photo gallery. And uh, in uh, PfeifferCon 12, maybe that's uh, on the books for next year? It, I'd certainly like to. Now that i got my own place, I can sort of, I've got a little bit more free reign here. So I'd like to do that. And if uh, people listening to the show want to get a hold of you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, the best way to do that is through Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Eric Pfeiffer. Um, it's usually some sort of Star Wars profile picture. Um, or you can just email me at the TD King, T H E T D K I N G, Comcast.net. Wendy's here. Wendy, what do you think of Eric's collection? Um, I think you should not get any ideas because you have a Star Wars room, not you, a Star Wars You were out of the room, and you missed something. So you, if he doesn't uh, edit it out of the podcast, you better listen. All right, I will. <laughs> but what about your license plate? What does that stand yes, for? Yes, so I have a license plate that says FLN Space Jedi. And because my character, my favorite character is Anakin Skywalker and the whole story of Anakin, I decided to have my license plate say Fallen Jedi. So... There you go, FLN, Fallen. That's what I thought, too. No, but Fallen, fallen is sense. better. Yeah. So I'm getting some really good decorating ideas here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll discuss. Trouble, yeah, He's yeah. going to get you in a <laughs> neck hole. Yeah. <laughs> I do have one more thing. There's an AT-AT walker downstairs, and I love the AT-AT walker. I said to Jimmy Mack, do you have that AT-AT? And he said, yes, I do. And I said... You don't have Luke hanging from it. He goes, I will when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. This is Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian. It's time for the quote of the week. Hello, what have we here? It's just me, Billy D. Don't mess this up, man. Be smooth. Lando's right. Indeed. Sorry, baby. It's just business. Why, you slimy, double-crossing, no-good swindler. Works every time. And Lando Calrissian is forever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Time for more Billy D. Jim, what do you got for us this week? All right, Jason. Time for the Billy D. Quote of the Week. And it couldn't come too soon. I'm totally losing my voice. So, <laughs> you know, I got the summertime cold. And, and I heard from some listeners last week. You could hear my voice was kind of going. But uh, this week, it's the cold is kicked in full force. And uh, so uh, apologies to all of you for having to listen to the, uh, the quality. But at least I still have it, unlike Star Wars Celebration 5. Kill I- in the house! 
<laughs> I couldn't even whisper. But I'll tell you what, I can muster up enough energy in those vocal cords to bring you the Billy D quote of the week. And Jason, we've been featuring so much current Billy D. You know, it's a blessing for us here at the Billy D quote of the week, TM, that the fact... <laughs> The fact that Billy D has been just so active, he's been working so much lately from Dancing to the Stars and all the promotional touring he did in support of that to his appearance on things like Glee and NCIS. I mean, Billy D has been acting very regularly. It's obvious the guy loves to work. He's always doing something. But I decided to take a look back at Young Billy D, circa 1972. The film is Glass House. You can rent it from Netflix. If I love that. It's a Billy Joel album. Gla- no, that's Glass Houses. Oh, Glass Houses. Okay. That's- I was getting all excited. I thought we were going to hear some Billy Joel, some Piano Man here. No, 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 no. You wouldn't hear that on Glass. You'd hear, you may be right yeah. on Glass Houses. I know. Piano Man is from. Still this, rock and roll to me. Well, I'm revealing way too much about my knowledge of Billy Joel right now. So let's just move on to Glass House 1972, Jason. Before Oz. Before Escape from Alcatraz, before Bad Boys, there was Glass House. Glass House was a gritty prison drama from 1972 starring Alan Alda, Vic Morrow, and Billy Dee Williams. Now, Glass House is based on a story by Truman Capote, who, in another Star Wars connection, was the inspiration for the voice of Zero the Hutt. Oh, yes, that's right. You know, Truman Capote would be famous for the quote, failure is the condiment that gives success its flavor. And Zero the Hut is famous for the quote, a senator in this neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't heard that. It's been too long. Too long, Zero. Yeah. But uh, Billy D he plays Lennox, and Lennox is a prisoner who serves as a you know sort of mentor figure to Alan Alda's character, Jonathan Page. And Jonathan Page was in prison for killing a man in self-defense. So uh, gritty prison drama from the 70s starring Billy D. Williams, I'm in. Especially when I realize that Billy D is he's kind of the you know, like I said, he's the sage advice giver. And uh, you know that Billy D kind of relishes roles like this. So he gives lessons to Alan Alda along the way. And lesson number one from Lennox, played by Billy D. Williams, is uh, he, he tells Alan Alda what to expect in life in prison. Some heavy, heavy stuff. Yeah, some heavy, heavy stuff. And uh, so the lessons continue with uh, another lesson from Lennox. He tells Paige how to handle his rival Slocum. I know what it is. And if you want to get Slocum, this is how you do it. Bullet, trigger, boom. Just like that. Simple as that. Simple as that. As Lennox would continue to dispense advice to Alan Alda, he, uh, he explained to him why he does what he does. I'm in here for life, forever, and I got nothing to lose. He's got nothing to lose. You're, you're hearing some of that, uh, that, that, that trademark Billy D delivery, the way he, it's almost like he's preaching a sermon. Well, it's the, the intensity. There, yeah. There's an intensity to a young Billy D. And then, sure, it pops up later in his career, but you really hear it in this early stuff. 
where he is um, probably overestimating the quality of the script he's acting <laughs> out. <laughs> because, I mean, he, deliver- <laughs> he delivers his lines with this conviction, you know, like he's, like he's performing Shakespeare. <laughs> But it's it's actually Glass House, and, and true, it was written by Truman Capote. But you know, I think something was lost in the translation from from novel to screenplay because this movie was a drag. I do not <laughs> recommend Glass House, 1972's Glass House, to anyone. But uh, but <laughs> we like to revisit it here on the Billy right. D- of the Week because that's what we do. All right. Well, if you've got uh, Billy D. Quote of the Week that you'd like to hear here on Rebel Force Radio, please send it to us. Show at rebelforceradio.com. Subject line, Billy D. that's going to wrap things up here for this week the 4th of July Independence Day edition of Rebel Force Radio thank you so much for being here and thanks to our sponsors audible.com little debbie snack cakes and dorkside toys if you'd like to hang out with us and play in between shows you can do so the email address show at rebelforceradio.com and the voicemail line 708-320-1737 that's 708-320-1RFR I'd love to hear from you so please drop us a line. You can follow us along on Twitter. We are found at Rebel Force Radio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, at Jason Swank, and our sometimes co-host or third wheel, at Steve Glosson. If you want to get a message to Steve. We're also available on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rebel Force Radio. You'll find breaking news, links to stories you might not find anywhere else, and just plain great conversation from a bunch of really fun Lighthearted Star Wars fans. iTunes is still one of the best places to subscribe and review not just Rebel Force Radio, but all the great podcasts coming out of Shot Glass Digital, all the Star Wars podcasts. They're all available there on iTunes. And as I said, reviews are welcome. Just one rule make it good. And the official website for all things and everything Rebel Force Radio, RebelForceRadio.com. And our sister, parent, well, what would you call it? Our parent site, ShotGlassDigital.com, easy for me to say. And the Facebook page for ShotGlass is also Facebook.com slash ShotGlassDigital. Make sure you listen to Rebel Force Radio just about each and every Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern at SRSounds.com. That's Sorcerer Radio. you got to check that out. Run by our good buddy Al John Go. Those Rebel Force Radio t-shirts still available in every size, including ladies at shotglassdigital.com. And don't forget, you could win a Rebel Force Radio t-shirt if you simply share the post promoting this show, the Facebook post, that is, on your own Facebook account. So we can see everyone who shares the post. So we'll just pick a a name at random and you'll win a Rebel Force Radio t-shirt. It's uh, fun, free, Easy to do. So do it. Get well soon, Harrison Ford. Get well soon, Tracy Morgan. Absolutely. We'll see you next time, guys. Love you all so much. For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember. The Force will be with you. 
always. go that's a show oh, no billy d oh oh yeah that's right i forgot that one was short here we go some heavy heavy stuff heavy heavy, heavy stuff, heavy, heavy stuff.